0: Hello out there, how is everybody doing? Welcome to the Focus Compounding Podcast. My name is Andrew Kuhn, sitting alongside my co-founder here at Focus Compounding, Jeff Gannon. Jeff, how are you doing today?
1: I'm doing well, Andrew, how are you doing?
0: I am doing fantastic. Thank you very much for asking. Uh, We want to thank everybody for tuning in. Of course, this is the audio part of our business. If you want to get access to an investing website, which of which where people write up about ideas, professional investors, and and individual investors from all over the world, feel free to go to focuscompounding.com and be sure to sign up using the podcast promo code, which is podcast, and that'll give you $10 indefinitely off of the monthly subscription price. Sound good. Sounds good. Sounds good. So today we're going to be going over a question that was actually asked of us um, that I thought was pretty interesting and I thought would be um, pretty relevant to um, everybody else listening. And it was from J underscore E R I C H. He says, "What are your thoughts on the statement? My edge is that I'm a long-term investor. It doesn't resonate with me. What if a stock gets into crazy level valuation-wise?" or if you're stuck in a value trap without triggers, why wouldn't you sell if you have better opportunities?
1: Uh, I think there's two parts to that. So one, I think that sometimes when people say their edge is that they're a long-term investor, they don't mean that they would always hold forever and wouldn't sell. Mm -hmm. I think that gets into the question more of edge and how some people say like it doesn't make sense to invest in something like uh, Apple or something because you don't have an edge, you don't know something that other people don't. Um, But I do think that's- Do you believe that to be true? I believe that you often, yeah, I believe in stocks like Apple. Mm-hmm. That Warren Buffett doesn't know anything that other people don't know, mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean that he can't do better in that than in the market generally. Sure. I think the reason he could is because people are too short-term oriented, mm-hmm. and he's not. So it, I think that is true. That sometimes that's what he means. Uh, that's what some people mean when they they mean that they are edges that they're long-term. Yeah. Um, and I think that does happen. I've I've looked at stocks and owned stocks where I think that's true. Um, I could be wrong, but like I've mentioned, Frost. Frost is the best example of that to me. I just think people didn't want to own the stock for a while. I didn't hear from people or, or read things where they really thought it was going under or anything. Mm-hmm. They just didn't want to own it um, until the Fed started raising rates. They didn't want to own it while uh, oil prices were so bad, while they was concerned about Texas or whatever. But it wasn't that they thought those were going to result in losses mm-hmm. that, that were going to bring the bank down or anything. It's just, well, can I do it later? And I know that from emails. People would email me and say, Well, but don't you think it's a maybe I should like wait longer and buy in later? Mm-hmm. Like, I, that's a very common thing so that I get. So, does people that mean is, that
0: they're not a long term investor then? Because they're probably worried about a few percentage points here and there, or what?
1: I don't know. Um, uh, I think that you're, yeah, I think you're not a long term investor if you're worried about uh, how the stock will do next quarter or next mm-hmm. year. Sure. Um, uh, and I think it can be hard, uh, much harder than people think, to predict. That that will happen. Sure. A lot of times the stock will go up before uh, other things change. Uh, So we don't anticipate it. Um, But I think that in terms of what that question was saying, there's another part to it, which is, so does that mean that you're basically holding forever? That you're not selling something? Why would not you sell if you have better opportunities? Yeah, Yeah, I do sell when I have better opportunities. I've said that before. I always look at a stock as if I'm going to own it for five years at least. Um, Generally analyze stocks as if I'm going to own them for five years. That allows me to compare short-term type things against longer term.
0: And you don't always hold them for five years. Though. No,
1: I'd say my average is probably much closer to three than five.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And what about
0: um, like for Warren Buffett though? I mean, getting back to him and, and investing in Apple and and your thoughts on that. And that's so true because I feel like and I think I tweeted about it. I feel like every single time Apple comes around um, their earnings, like mm-hmm. or their quarterly earnings are coming up, I see just a ton of information like on twitter and cnbc people oh apple's gonna miss or iphone numbers are right. this blah, blah blah it's just so you know they're they're so fixating uh, they're anchoring to you know just one little variable and and completely it's like every quarter you know and then they just continue to blow it out of the water every single right. quarter and you then know? what
1: if people had owned apple for a long time mm-hmm. would they have done better than if they tried to uh, on an annualized basis then they tried to play it right in terms of a, a quarter or, or whatever, like yeah. that. Yeah, I mean, people, the reason why people do it is obviously they think that there's the chance to get gains faster. Or, or, to, or you know, if you time it right, mm-hmm. you know, that you buy it and then it goes up 10% the week of the, after the, you know, from the time the earnings come out to a week after or whatever, then if you make 10% in uh, a week instead of 10% in half a year, yeah. then you're making money faster if you can keep doing that. Sure, But it's If you look at it, people who just own a stock like Apple, for instance, for a long time, have probably done better than people who've traded in and out of
0: Apple. Do you think that people are more prone to sort of do that because of just the proliferate of information that's out there today and just the constant feed, the constant
1: noise? Maybe. I don't know why people do it. That might be one reason.
0: Or is Um, it just really more of like a, a... um, an interesting topic in, like, human psychology and sort of how that works with, like, liquidity and people acting maybe irrationally. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's like Warren because, Buffett. He yeah. said nobody buys a farm because they right. think that's going to rain next year. Yeah. I mean, I thought that was a brilliant analogy.
1: Yeah, but most people buy stocks because of that. Even people yeah. talk about being value investors or being things like that. They're not very long-term oriented in the sense that they are worried more about what's going to happen next year and, and, mm-hmm. and uh, how things are going to um, – how quickly they're going to realize their results. Yeah, and
0: yeah. that's the thing. It's like people, I mean, markets move faster than actual businesses do. Mm-hmm. You know, so I feel like it's got to be probably because of liquidity that people, you know, sort of. Well, yeah, up. you
1: can do it, and so there's not much of a price not to. Mm-hmm. There's mm-hmm. a lot more information about it now than there has been in, in past years, obviously. Um, and now with the Internet and everything, if you put, if you make the mistake, I would say, creating portfolio or something that tracks news on your stocks sure then you're just going to see it constantly mm-hmm. and it's very low quality news that you're getting i've said many times and and um on here that i pay very little attention to stocks once i own them yeah very little and people are surprised by that um but i try to take as much of that out of uh sort of it, i try to take everything that isn't picking the stock in the first place out of it mm-hmm. so i try as much as possible to equal weight things in the portfolio I try to not pay a lot of attention to should I buy a little more, should I sell a little more, whatever. Um, once I have the stock in the portfolio, mm-hmm. and and that, that's where I think it's important. Like, um, I think the reason why people are are trying to trade around Apple or whatever is because they think that there's a way uh, they can improve on results, mm-hmm. and that you learn this in a lot of different things in in all throughout life that you're like, oh, I should put more effort into it you know, Mm -hmm. and you'll get a better result. But, you know, I wrote a whole uh, thing about how I didn't think my sell decisions got better results. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure that, I mean, there's a couple cases where maybe once every three or four years, if I say, oh, this position should be double sized, it really turns out to be the best position. So, okay, I can get results on that. But each year I can't. Like deciding between this should be a 20% position, this should be a 10, I should add a little, I should take off a little. I don't think that, I don't have any evidence that that extra effort on my part Mm -hmm. actually adds anything. But I think we're taught generally that if we put in more effort, like we make more decisions and things, we try to tweak things that somehow we'll get a better result, but it's only going to work in cases when you, you have a basic advantage in the first place. Mm-hmm. So if you're right that Apple is going to be a success long term, then betting big on Apple and holding it for a long time, that, that's the only effort that's going to get you a really good result. Sure. All the other stuff, uh, you don't have anything to know what this quarter is going to be better than or than expectations or worse, you know? Mm-hmm.
0: and i know you don't but do you think people should pay attention to like analysts and stuff like that i know you're, yeah <laughs> absolutely not i kind of that was my i wanted the intro because in i was i was looking at micron I, I i know nothing about the stock but i just I know a little for, about it, yeah. for i mean just basic right yeah. and it was just like the same analyst it's like he downgraded it and then he upgraded it and it's just almost like it's this like back and forth game and really mm-hmm. it's like It was like not even within a quarter that he downgraded and re-upgraded it it's like gosh it's just so much noise that you know doesn't have to do with the actual business
1: right and there's a lot that that's like that out there obviously i feel like
0: a lot of people probably see that and freak out of course i'm not saying microns a buy i'm just talking about they do this in every stock same with apple Mm -hmm. you know so many people freak out and that's why we talk about i think as an individual investor your biggest competitive advantage yourself is being able to look out and you always talk about this not look what it looks like today, but see what a business is going to look like in five years, like what, when you do sell it, yeah. you know? Yeah,
1: and, and that's a really good point because I'm not I'm not buying things to be buy and hold forever. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't find that that's how I get the highest returns. There have been some cases where if I look back on the results, they'd be competitive, just buying and holding the company that I was right about for, for 15 years or something is close to or about the same as what I ended up doing with a lot more trading and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but generally, I think that if I've picked the right things at the right prices... Um, so good business, but at an unusually low price for this moment that you're going to sell in three years or less. And that's going to get you to the highest annualized return, not holding it for 10 years, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, so I don't disagree with the idea of if you have something better, sell it out and buy that better thing. But I still own BWX Technologies. It's very expensive, but I haven't found something better to replace it with. If I do, then I will.
0: So for you, it's really fact of selling because he did ask about like selling or 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 getting out of a position or whatever, selling when it's too high or, or getting I, out when it's a Yeah, I don't job. really sell when it's too high. Is it for, for you? Honest. Is it more like when you just find a better idea? Yeah. So it's more opportunity cost.
1: Yeah, because that's another one where we, um, and we talked about this recently uh, off air, the two of us, um, about holding cash and stuff like that. And some investors who are very smart, hold a lot of cash, but I've not found that um, when managing a small amount of money or when managing a small number of positions, it's really better for me to hold cash Um uh because i can find enough stuff so it's better to hold the stock normally Mm -hmm. and that's my feeling stocks return a lot more than cash Mm -hmm. over time generally does the volatility ever bother you no and that's a question i get a lot about from people that are that like one thing that bothers people is okay so what if you buy a position that's pretty big and then it goes up 100 percent, and Mm -hmm. you don't sell it then next year if it goes down look how bad your results will be yeah that's true yeah, but it's just the timing. Yeah. It's just because the calendar year ended that you make a big deal. You know, th- there was, a okay, so you do like the max drawdown or something. Mm-hmm. But you still get to the same place. If it goes up 100% and then down 50%, I should be okay. You know, if that's what happens over uh, two years or something, I should be okay with that. Mm-hmm. If you told me then two years will be up 50%, I'd go, okay, that, that's good, you yeah. know, or whatever.
0: So you look yeah. at it more so on an annualized return. Over. I mean, that's, that's truly the only number that matters because you're, you're an investor. You yeah, know? no,
1: no, no, the annualized return is what matters. And, mm-hmm. and so I can look at things I think
0: that gets that. harder in, in
1: the uh, professional business because, True. you know, they're managing capital. and. and well, you know, we've talked about that. Two things that happen are, one, um, well, volatility can bother people. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the timing of results can bother people. They're measuring over shorter times. But also activity. They want to see more activity, Yeah, um, unfortunately. And actually, a lot of, I, I think... And, if,
0: and like we talk about, activity oftentimes isn't necessarily correlated to positive returns.
1: Some of the best results I got was in two years where I didn't buy anything. Yeah. I once got fairly mediocre results for two years of not buying anything, and I once got great results for two years of not and buying And you
0: were anything. constantly looking for ideas during constantly. those two years. I was writing the
1: newsletter. Yeah. The I had soon? an idea a month that I wrote 10,000 words on. Yeah. But, you know. So, so what do you
0: think individuals should do and think about their portfolio to... Become better investors.
1: Well, I think that being long-term oriented is an advantage, generally. But I do now think... Now, when you say
0: long-term, is this 20 years? What are you talking about? I know the answer, but I just want to hear you say Um,
1: it. Uh, that's, a, that's a good question. I mean, uh, for me, it's not 20 years. Well, you say typically it's three to five for you, right? But that's mostly because f- the price goes up and something else is cheaper. Mm-hmm. So, like, I'm a value investor. See, if you're not a value investor, 20 years is fine. I, I'm okay with that. The reason to be short-term oriented is because you're a value investor. Mm-hmm. So what happens is, like like BWX is an example. I like the business. It'll be fine in 20 years. I think it's great. But it doesn't stay at the same price. What happened is it, it goes up, um, in that case, over more than doubled, maybe closer to tripled or something. Um, and then something else comes along that's cheaper than it was originally. Then eventually I'm going to want to sell that and buy the new thing because of the value difference. Mm-hmm. But if I was really just like a... Uh, if you're a Phil Fisher investor, it's actually fine to hold for 20 years. Mm-hmm. I totally understand that because he's not paying attention to value. But if you're a value investor, then I disagree because the gap that you get from value is so hard to make up over time if, if you have a stock that starts out really expensive. So, no, I'd say you'll find that it, you only hold five years or, or less. Mm-hmm. But I held George Risk for six and a half years or something. And why did you sell it? Um, I thought I was going to buy something else and I ended up not oh, yeah. buying you, something you else. Have yeah, before.
0: You have said that. So, you, so again, it was is really more of an opportunity. I was start. planning to buy something else. So then what about when, um, you know, the stock goes the other way and it's looking like a value trap? How do you think about that and get it, whether you should get out? Is that more so probably not so much on the business? It's I mean, on the price. For you, it's probably more so the business, correct?
1: Like, yeah, it's the business. Um, I, I've held on to some things where uh, we talked about I held on to Weight Watchers um, because it got so cheap. Otherwise, I wouldn't want to sell it. The truth is that in general... Um, if I had sold the stocks that were like within, let's say I bought a stock and within a year it was up a lot and I held on to it, um, those would have done fine. And if I sold out everything that after it was, da- was down after a year, that probably wouldn't have been a bad idea to sell it. I mean, it, as it turns out, it generally is true that, um, uh, yeah, I mean, and I actually, unlike some value investors, don't buy more of something if it's gone down. Really? Like some people you know the average, average down or down, whatever, yeah. yeah, I don't do that, and I would say that, in general, I'd be better off if I didn't uh probably better off if I sold the things that were down after a year, yeah, really, yeah, almost without fail, that's been true hmm.
0: um, why don't you ever average down
1: uh there's several reasons, one, you'd be increasing the to me, you're increasing what the risk is really, mm-hmm. because the risk is that you make a mistake, and the to me the risk in stocks is that you make a mistake initially so like when i think of margin of safety when i think of any of these things what i'm saying is the actual risk is i am under a misperception i think it's one thing it's really another Mm -hmm. that's risk so as a stock picker that's risk so what happens is if you're averaging down you're actually putting more and more money into your same initial decision you might tell yourself that oh you know something's changed or whatever but generally what you're just doing is you're betting more and more on one original idea that you had. Sure. So I don't like that. I I think it's better to kind of equal weight your ideas. You know, to have five different ideas going at one time. Mm-hmm. And then if equally you, weighted. Yeah, yeah, and if you turn out to be right about four out of five ideas, then, you know, you'll do okay. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I like that better. I've A couple times I've gone more than equally weighted. Mm-hmm. Um, and they worked out, but they were unusual things. And like I said, maybe once every three or four years I've done more than equally weighted. Interesting. Cool. Well, having you have
0: any thoughts on the topic?
1: No, I want to hear what your thoughts are on being long-term uh, on the advantages, of, uh, like in terms of edge.
0: Well, in terms of edge, I, I said I think uh, people's biggest edge is to probably to be able to look over quarter
1: to quarter. Because I think you're interested in a lot of stocks where people would say there is no edge, right? Like, like Apple. W- mm-hmm. That's an example.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think... Um, Again, it's sort of textbook psychology, right? No one wanted to buy Apple when it was at ninety dollars a share. Everyone wants mm-hmm. to b- or even one hundred fifty more recently. Everyone wants to buy it when it's back up at one hundred eighty dollars per share. Um, you know, and, and we sort of talk about this too. How there's some ideas that they won't, you won't win any stock picking contests. I mean, if you think yeah. about Value Investors Club, mm-hmm. I think they couldn't even write about. Berkshire Hathaway on -hmm. that stock. Is that true? Did you know that or no? I don't know if that's true. Yeah, Yeah, I'm pretty sure uh, you were restricted to write about Berkshire Hathaway or maybe it was Corner Burke or whatever it was, but some ideas are just in plain sight and unfortunately some people, you know, won't won't invest in them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, but I think also though, if you, if you can look over quarter to quarter and really think like what you talk about a lot, what the business will look like in five years,
1: Yeah, instead of what it's
0: gonna look like next quarter. Yeah, you know, then you don't mostly sentiment changes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. sure. I mean, everyone says, well, the app, the 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 sentiment's always, well, iPhone sales are declining. It's like Mm -hmm. everyone knows that though. Yeah, I mean, who doesn't know that Apple's Mm -hmm. probably gonna be a different company though. You Mm -hmm. know, and they have a lot of other things going for them. But I think um, individuals, the biggest edge really is to be able to be more longer term oriented than um, than other people. Yeah, be able to look out not just next quarter or two quarters or whatever. Of course, we like to see it's sort of variable reinforcement. We like to see when stocks are up after we buy mm-hmm. it clearly. Um, but if you can look, you know, if if things aren't necessarily changing within the business, or if things are getting better within the business, but the stock price is going down, that doesn't bother me at
1: all. Yeah, i on focused company, we just had a write up about box, mm-hmm. and um, that's a stock where you have to look long term with it. But I'd say most people buying and selling it, honestly. Are not thinking even five years and more beyond that. And that write up does. But that's the kind of thing that, yeah, that could be way. I your think edge it gets is.
0: harder when you're managing money for other people for a lot of individual mm-hmm. individuals that do because it's like you're managing other people's expectations who may not understand what you're doing completely. Yeah. I guess you could say. They're just seeing a statement and just seeing the P and L changes. So that gets very you know, that adds a lot of pressure.
1: Yeah, I also think edge is a nice I don't know if it's a buzzword or whatever, marketing wise to people. Yeah. They like the idea they're like, oh, this strategy has an edge in this thing, you know, or, or when when there's a write up of a stock when they sort of say that you have this edge here or this catalyst. Yeah, but
0: know. being longer term oriented really is an edge. Like if you think about some funds that lock um that lock people up for two years, that is a huge competitive advantage. Yeah, if they use it well. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Because then you, you're not, I mean, again, then you're probably more so focused on the annualized return, not just quarter to quarter. Yeah. It's like, well, we're going to compare ourselves in a couple of years and see how yeah. we did. you know We're
1: not saying um, hold on to something just because you're committed to the idea of being long term so mm-hmm. do things that don't make sense. Mm-hmm. We're saying, can you have success in something in which everyone else has the same information you do? And I think the answer is you can be successful long term, and they may be right short term. They mm-hmm. might be right this quarter, and you might be right over five years if you both have the same information. Not everyone is trying to make the same bet over the same amount of time in a stock. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So I think it's okay to invest in things where you don't think you have an edge, but you think you're thinking long term compared to others. Mm-hmm. But I do think that just saying that you're long term doesn't mean that you have to hold on to stocks that get expensive, that you have to no, hold of on to things not. that you were wrong about in the first place, or any of that.
0: I mean, if you if you invest in an idea and you make a lot of money and you find a new idea. Uh, that maybe makes more sense don't just because you're a longer term investor don't sell that first company you know if it makes sense for portfolio reasons or whatever you Mm know yeah cool cool well we want to thank or thank him for asking that question that was a pretty good discussion and we want to thank everybody else for tuning in to listen to our podcast if you want to get access to jeff's memo that he sends out on sunday morning that i send out jeff writes i send it yeah, out i yeah. click the button uh feel free to go to focuscompining.com and put in your email on the homepage. you will see the the spot to do that and you will get on that mailing list you get that free memo every single sunday yep any other thoughts nope that's it that is it well we want to thank everybody for tuning in and we'll see you in the next podcast